This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? And what's going on, sports fans? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. I am the host of the State of the Saints. And thank you to all those that are checking out the State of the Game podcast. That's right, Who That Nation. We're also live right now on the State of the Game podcast because not only are we going to be talking about Saints news, we're going to be talking about sports news in general when it comes to the NFL. But I want to say thank you all for checking out uh, both podcasts really do appreciate it and um i want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat really do appreciate that uh we're going to be talking a little bit about we're going to be talking about sean payton all right we're going to be talking about sean payton and we're going to be talking about is his play calling uh becoming a little bit of an issue okay and we're also going to be talking about other saints news as well as some other sports news like uh the discuss i feel when it comes to uh, the black quarterback yes we will be talking about the black quarterback on this episode as well but shout out to the chat feel free to ask any questions or make any comments that you would like also you can donate to the state of the saints podcast through super chats uh also uh you can donate through dollar sign state of saints on cash app that's dollar sign state of saints but let's go ahead and talk about this man let's talk about sean payton all right let's talk about sean payton as we all know, Sean Payton, really successful coach, really good coach, really good offensive innovator, really good play call. But uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of scrutiny going on in the last couple of weeks about Sean Payton. Uh, they've been talking about Sean Payton and his conservative play calling. 
Some people think that he does not trust Jameis Winston. Other people feel like uh, he loves himself some Taysom Hill so much that he is willing to put himself out there to make Taysom Hill look good. Some people say that he just does not have the weapons in order for him to open up the plethora of plays that he actually has in his tool belt. But regardless to where you stand, there is an issue with the New Orleans Saints. So but the, the offense of the New Orleans Saints is as vanilla as ice cream. I mean, it is boring. It puts you to sleep. Now, I fall under the category of if it's working, I don't care, okay? Just win the game, all right? We all know that the Saints are pretty handcuffed right now. They're handcuffed. They don't really have too much going on right now. You know, you got Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith. You got Eric McCoy. You got uh, Teron Armstead, Will Lutz. All these guys that are on uh, IR, hurt. They're supposed to be coming back in the next couple weeks. So I don't really care as long as they win. But I do feel like uh, this whole Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill experiment is laughable. Okay, first off, I don't want anybody to think that I hate Taysom Hill or dislike Taysom Hill. For what Taysom Hill is to this team is valuable. It is extremely valuable. The fact that he can run in between the tackles, the fact that he can actually pull guys like he's going Marshawn Lynch on them into the end zone, the fact that we can count on him to get one and two yards, that's cool, okay? Even if you need him to throw a short pass five to 10 yards, that's cool. But the ridiculousness, of what I seen last week versus the Giants. Lord, have mercy. That was absolutely ridiculous. First off, um, Jameis Winston was cooking, all right? Jameis Winston, I think he at one time, he completed like 12 consecutive passes. 12. Which tells me that he's finding a field. I mean, he is dialing. He is cooking. He is finding guys wide open. He is doing everything that he has to make sure that the, the guys are really being put in place to succeed. It seems like they're finally gelling. It seems like he's comfortable rolling around the pocket. It seems like he's reading between his progressions. And he also threw a couple passes downfield. And I'm saying that to say this, folks. Taysom Hill comes into the game after Jameis Winston connects with Kenny Stills. Even though the play was called back because of Adam Troutman, who has been playing like absolute slaw, by the way. He gets a holding call. But nevertheless, Jameis Winston throws the ball down the field to Kenny Steele for a touchdown. Now, you would think that, okay, this guy's cooking, man. Like, man, we really got it going, man. Jameis finding, he, finding it. He's in the zone. But what does Sean Payton do? What does he do? He puts in Taysom Hill to throw a pass down the field to Deontay Harris. And look, folks, Taysom Hill does not belong throwing the ball down the field at all. All right? Look, if it's the process of elimination, let's talk about when Drew Brees was there. When Drew Brees was there, I can understand, because Drew Brees was limited. Drew Brees was hurt. Drew Brees didn't have the arm strength he once had when he was in his youth and when he was in his prime. So I can understand. Who has the stronger arm? Taysom. But when you have a guy that can get the ball down the field, not only get the ball down the field in Jameis Winston, but on a freaking rope, why in the world are you trying to come up with these gimmicky downfield passes when Jameis Winston on two separate occasions 
has shown you that he can place the ball where it needs to be down the field is just asinine and quizzical to me, okay? And for all those people that are Taysom Hill supporters and saying, oh, well, TJ, you know, you always got a problem with Taysom Hill. Look, this is not, I, I want everybody to understand this. What I'm about to show you, some of you probably already seen, but for those that didn't, I want to make sure I'm making this perfectly clear. This is not a shot at Taysom Hill, what I'm about to show you. What I'm about to show you is the reason why we need to go with Jameis Winston for downfield shots versus Taysom Hill. Once again, some of you probably seen this. Some of you probably didn't. But I want you to objectively remove your, your love and your, your admiration for Taysom. Move your love and your admiration for Jameis. And y'all tell me. What the hell is wrong with this situation? Check this out. Three receivers, including Drew Brees, to the top of the screen. Got him. And Hill with a big arm deep downfield, underthrows it a little bit. A flag is thrown, and that's Thomas coming back to make the catch. Second and six. Winston will load up and throw it down the middle of the field. There is heavy contact on Callaway. Represent everything we want in a football player around here. Hill loading up, lofting deep, going down there for Hayes. Winston under pressure, throwing for Callaway, and is caught. Touchdown. Felt the play under. It's a fake. Hill's got it. Looking to throw. Taysom Hill going for it. Oh, incomplete. Yeah. On second down, air down, Deontay Harris. He's got it. <laughs> Off the fake to Kamara, Winston with time, fires downfield, and the catch is made by Marquez Callaway. Fake toss, Winston has completed 10 in a row, looking to make an 11, he does! I know that ain't who I think it is. Jason Hill back in, takes the snap on first down and 20. Hill going deep. Looking for Deontay Harris. It's Seven. intercepted. Boy, if you don't. I mean. Come on, man. Like, let, let's be serious about this. Now. For all those idiots out there, and I'm calling you idiots because it's idiotic that you're saying this. Anybody that thinks that Sean Payton needs to get fired, first off, stop with the wake and bake, all right? Or stop snorting or whatever the heck you're doing out there because you're out of your damn mind. Sean Payton is definitely the right coach that this team needs, okay? This is not a bash. This is not a bashing of Sean Payton because, to be quite honest with you, with the limitations that the Saints actually have right now offensively, any coach is not going to be able to coach through this situation right here. You give a, a, a good percentage. I say about 67% of the coaches in the NFL, this roster right now, this roster right now, I guarantee you they would not be two and two right now. And they probably wouldn't have won some of the games that they won. So I'm going to say that right now. Some of you are just spoiled as hell. And y'all just think all of a sudden, oh man, getting rid of Sean Payton is the answer, man. Y'all crazy. Like y'all, y'all out of your damn mind. Anybody out here that's talking about getting rid of Sean Payton, you're dumb, okay? Nobody is better for the job than Sean Payton. 
But I will say this. This Taysom Hill experiment, drawing a ball down the field, needs to come to an end. It needs to come to an end. It needs to exit stage left. Now, I am going to call BS on Sean Payton. Yes, that's right. I am going to call BS on Sean Payton. On social media, Jeff Duncan, a beat writer for the New Orleans Saints, came out and said that Sean Payton said that Taysom Hill stubbed his toe. And that is the reason why he wasn't able to get the ball down the field. Now, I showed you at least about four different instances where Taysom Hill threw the ball down the field. And nine times out of 10, all those passes were short. Now, I could have went further, right? Some people will probably say, well, TJ, I didn't see the, the pass from the Minnesota Vikings wild card game in there. You know what? I could have showed you that play. As a matter of fact, let me see if I actually have that play. I don't know if I actually have that play, but if you go back and look, I don't think I, I don't have it, folks. But if you go back and look, you will see that Deontay Harris was in behind the secondary. And he had to literally turn his body around to catch the ball with his chest to fall back. It was not in stride. I could easily have shown you the game in 2018 when the Saints played the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was the same thing. The pass was short and it was intercepted in the back of the end zone. I say that to say this, folks. Sometimes it's not about favoritism. It's about actuality. And in actuality, Jameis Winston is the best fit. I cannot accept the fact that Taysom Hill stubbed his toe because if that's the case, then maybe he's Kunta Kinte because he don't even have a foot the way that he's throwing the ball. And I'm not trying to say that to be insensitive. I want you all to understand that because every single play I've seen coming from Taysom Hill has been short down the field. The dude does not have a big arm. All of his passing, for the most part, rather they look like punts or they're short. It, it, it is what it is. Jameis Winston is a guy who can get the ball down the field. And I don't understand why you have to be so damn gimmicky all the time. It don't even have to be that way. You don't have to bring in Taysom Hill to throw a ball down the field. If Jameis can still put the ball down the field and, and get the ball into the hands of the defender, I mean, of the receiver, that's just what it is. Like, I guarantee you, I don't look, I, I guarantee you, that if Jameis Winston threw that pass to Deontay Harris, it would have been caught or it would have been a good defensive play uh, by the defensive back. But he was behind the cornerback. So I feel like Jameis Winston, with his arm ability, he would have got the ball down the field. Now, I know, it, I, look, I played football. I played the game. I understand what uh, Sean Payton was trying to do. But once again, this is one of those situations where he overthinks himself. Now, he's thinking about, Taysom Hill coming into the game, right? So if you have two safeties high, right? You got two safeties. Because you have yourself a running quarterback, they have to cheat up. You know what I'm saying? Because they got to look in the backfield to respect Taysom Hill's running ability. But still, man, why are you trying to do these type of things? It's not like Jameis on the last play, under through the pass or over through the pass, he threw the pass on the money to Kenny Steele's. It would just call back on a penalty. So why in the world would you parade Taysom Hill out there and kill all the freaking momentum in the room? Seriously, all the freaking momentum. I was, I was hearing people talking about the Superdome, how it wasn't as loud as it once was. 
but you finally got the Superdome for the most part rocking and people getting excited because they're seeing deep passes down the field and they see the Saints moving the football and they're seeing all this different type of excitement and they see Jameis Winston cooking and then all of a sudden you parade Taysom Hill out there with his punting self, throws the ball in the air like he playing pitch-up tackle at your local park. All I'm saying is all of these plays don't necessarily need to be rocket science. Okay, sometimes you got to trust your players in order to put them in a position to succeed. You have to be able to execute. You have to believe that your players can execute. And if they're not executing, you find other players. The Saints really, in my honest and humble opinion, cause more problems on themselves, overthinking situations, coach, than they do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they need to fully trust their team. Like they, like literally. You go back to watch some of these playoff games. You go back and watch some of these big-time games where the Saints were in a dogfight with the Rams, with the 49ers. It was always Sean Payton overthinking himself in crucial situations. Some things don't even have to be that complicated. You have to trust your team to execute. You put this team together. You constructed these guys to be a part of the team. Why not go out there and trust these guys? Why go out here and try to come up with these, like, ridiculous plays you're cooking right five yards here five yards there first down seven yards here three yards here first down all of a sudden here come a triple reverse for a loss of five like what the hell is going on what are we doing what 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 are we doing here if it ain't broke don't fix it don't don't fix it seriously that's all i'm saying man if it ain't broke don't fix it at the goal line, all right? At the goal line, look, Taysom Hill scored. I, I completely understand that. And it was extremely impressive, the, the power that that guy has. But when you have a quarterback who is over 80% in the red zone, you know what I'm saying? 80% in the red zone in 2021. You know what I'm saying? At a high percentage throughout his entire career in the red zone. That means, you know what I'm saying? If I say over 70% of the time when, when Jameis is in the red zone, you're going to get points out of that, most likely touchdowns. Why in the world are you letting this dude get you down the field? He showed that he can throw the ball into the end zone by giving it to Juwan Johnson. Why are you trying to do these things? Why are you trying to, you know what I'm saying, parade, you know what I'm saying, Taysom Hill out here in situations when Jameis is freaking cooking? And all it's doing is just throwing off the momentum. It's throwing off the momentum. It's throwing off the flow of the game. It, It just does not make sense to me, man. I'm sorry. It does not make sense. And some people, you know what I'm saying, would be afraid to, man, I ain't afraid to criticize nobody. It is what it is. You can say I'm way out in left field, TJ, you wrong, bump all that, man. You got to call it for what it is. A lot of the times the Saints put these things on themselves. There's, there's a lot of times where the play calling, just people just overthinking themselves, making it, you know what I'm saying, bigger than what it actually is. And it's causing, you know what I'm saying, it's causing problems. Now, we can talk about the defense all day. We can get to them. But all I'm saying is you have to be you have to be 100 percent like Jameis was cooking in this last game. And honestly, quite honest with you, being quite honest with you, I don't understand why Taysom Hill was in the game at that particular point. Maybe somebody can help me out with that. But after you seen your quarterback cooking and throwing a ball down the field and it wasn't his fault that the play was called back. So he you you call the play. He executed it to his full capacity. And then. How do you reward him for that? 
Nah, let's bring the other quarterback in. Let him throw the ball down the field. Knock it off. Knock it off. I'm read some of your comments, man. Let's go ahead and uh, read some of these comments that you have. I'll go with Dill. Dill says uh, that 49ers game was out on um, Dennis Allen. Uh, you can't win a game if Garoppolo scores 48 points on you. Look, all I'm saying is this, okay? The defense wasn't where it was as of right now, okay? The offensive play calling and the execution was, you know what I'm saying, was absolutely, you know what I'm saying, was absolutely great in that game. You know what I'm saying? I think Jared Cook leaving that game with a concussion, it played a huge role. Uh, but it, it was just certain plays, like the, the fake punt. I mean, come on, man. That 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 was, I don't know what the heck that was. Honestly, it, it seemed like for somebody that did not know the rules, that, that's what that seemed like that execution was about. Because they felt like, okay, the cornerback back was turned. But you're not realizing that if a team is, you know what I'm saying, if it's supposed to be a punt, then, you know what I'm saying, like and if the defender's back is turned, he can't be called for pass interference because they're actually fighting for position and jockeying for position to get the get down the field. So of course he does if he's going if the gunner is actually going up against, you know what I'm saying, the guy that's running down the field, you know what I'm saying? He, he he's pushing him out of bounds. Of course he doesn't know if it's the ball is being punt or being thrown. That's almost up there with that that play with the Falcons against the Cowboys last season when they just allowed the ball to spin around and around and around and around instead of them picking the ball up like a bunch of idiots. Like, I just felt like that was one of those plays where you probably didn't know the rules and you probably felt that you're probably going to get a pass interference play because in nine times out of 10, if a defender's back is turned, then most likely they're going to call pass interference, but you didn't realize it was special teams. So stuff like that, stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to be at the game. This is a must win for both teams. So it's going to be a hard fart game. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a hard fart game. Uh, the Washington football team and New Orleans Saints, when they get together, is always a classic. You know, it's always a classic. I can remember Drew Brees ushering a comeback a couple years ago and five minutes left. Uh, I can remember, uh, you know, the Robert Meacham, uh, you know, rip pass, you know what I'm saying, back to a touchdown. You know, I remember when RG3 lit the Saints up in the Superdome. I mean, they're, they're, they have always been classic. Like even, you know, Drew Brees, uh, you know, getting that passing record. You know, he did it against uh, the football team. So there's a lot of great moments between the Saints and the Washington football team. Why punt on fourth down uh, when you got a fourth and inches or a short or one or two and you got running backs like Amara, Hill, Arma, or Winston? Uh, to go for it uh keep that drive going uh that that would be uh the dagger there yeah i mean look it depends on field position you know it, it depends on field position but i do agree with you jerry you know it, the, the object of the game is winning and you have to have a pulse on the game you have to have a pulse on the game you have to understand okay my defense is struggling you know they're, they're picking on the rookie pulse and the debo they seem like they're really finding their rhythm because let make no mistake about it the saints lost this game because they were out coached. They were out coached, okay? They were out coached. They were out schemed uh, by Jason Garrett, uh, offensive coordinator of the Giants. I mean, look no further than that. He had the defense dazed and confused and had them boys out there looking stupid. I mean, it, it is what it is. Sometimes, you know, you go up against uh, that coordinator, he's feeling it, he's hot, and there's nothing you can do about it. And he did a really good job at exploiting uh, the Saints, uh, you know, deficiencies you know what i'm saying like really he 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 did a really good job you know i want to say 
uh, somebody uh, said this and I went back and took a look at it. It was like one play with uh, Saquon Barkley when he ended up scoring a touchdown. It was the play before that. He actually, they ran that play to the opposite side. And, you know, they seen that uh, Marshawn Lattimore was kind of, you know, looking in the backfield. They flipped the, they flipped the play around and he did the same exact thing. Saquon got behind him and next thing you know, he hitting his head on the goalpost. So stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? You have to say it, 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 you have to chunk that up to good coaching. So shouts out to Jason Garrett. People talk about him all the time, talking about how he was always on the sideline like this. And that's cool. But at the same time, he coached his ass off against the Saints. And uh, I ain't going to take it away from him. You know, they were, they were out coached in this game. The Washington football team has a top five defensive talent. I don't know if we'll score 21 on them, uh, just being honest. Uh, look, they can't get pressure on you, but they have struggled. They have struggled over the last couple of weeks, and they have not been playing up to their potential. But some people will probably say, what's the greatest recipe for that? Well, let's go ahead and play the Saints, because I can remember for years, oh, this team is struggling. Offensive line, they've been plugging and playing. They took this guy out, and they got this guy from the practice squad, and now he's playing. And then all of a sudden, we licking our chops like, oh, man, they offensive line. Boy, we about to eat today. And then, and then they generate no sacks. It happened against the, uh, the Raiders. It happened against the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> it happened against the Giants. I mean, it, it happened against, you know, the Carolina Panthers. Everybody talk about the offensive line, offensive line. What is the greatest get back? Play against the Saints defensive line because them boys ain't getting no pressure at all, okay? It was absolutely embarrassing watching these guys go up against the offensive line of the Giants. You would think that was the great wall of Dallas with Larry Allen and crew back in the day for the Cowboys or something. It was sad. It was almost like watching a seven-year-old child you know what I'm saying? Try to, you know, aggressively push a grown ass man. That's what it looked like. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to push him and you try to give everything you have and the grown man just sitting up there laughing at you, looking down at you like, man, this is just sad. That's what it looked like right there. OK, I I'm serious, man. They need to find ways to get pressure. There there's too many talented guys on the defensive line for them to get absolutely no pressure. I don't know what the needs to go on, but they need to find something, man, because I'm tired of these mediocre average offensive lines that the Saints go up against getting the best of this defensive line. It's sad. It's sad, man. When you got those type of veterans and you got those, those, that tall length wingspan on that, you know, on that defensive line with guys like Peyton Turner, about 6'6", Tano passing you about 6'7". When Davenport is here, he's 6'7". You know what I'm saying? All that, all that length and wingspan, and you can't get past offensive line that is mediocre. Guys that probably were on the street a couple weeks ago, they plugging and playing, you know what I'm saying? Looking through the yellow pages trying to find offensive linemen. They put them out there, and they're getting the best of you. And yet you've been here since training camp, or you've been a part of this defensive scheme for years, and yet you can't get to the quarterback or try to get him off his spot. It was absolutely embarrassing watching Daniel Jones look like he was Joe Montana Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or Steve Young. Back there in the pocket. I mean, literally, this dude can literally look through his progressions three and four times, which is absolutely embarrassing when you think about it. When you think about the talent that this team has on the defensive line. And this man yet was really under the rest very little against a team that supposedly have a really good defensive line and a really good defense. Sorry. Uh, Slim Wall says the Washington football team already read that one. Texas uh, Saints says, I would love to see what your thoughts are on Alvin Kamara. Do you think 
he is performing at his full potential or do you think he is playing a little conservative? I think that Alvin Kamara understands what he means to the team, okay? Do I think that Alvin Kamara uh, quits on plays? What player don't? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be real. What player doesn't? But I think it's not because of what people think. I think he understands what he means to the team. If Alvin Kamara ends up getting hurt, then his team is really going to be behind the eight ball because he's such a special player and you don't have your other special offensive weapon in Michael Thomas. So he has to go out there and he has to preserve himself, okay, until the cavalry comes. So I'm not going to knock him for that, okay? Because if Alvin Kamara is out of the game, if Alvin Kamara is just trying to read Twitter and listening to us talking about how he quit on plays and he run out of bounds when he feel like he under duress, then for him to go out here and try to prove, oh, I'm going to drop a shoulder, then mess around, separate his shoulder, end up breaking something, then we really going to have some problems. We really going to have some problems because we had to go out here and look on a Jaguars practice squad to find Devon Zigbo, somebody that the Saints had, you know, in, in training camp a couple of years ago. So Tony Jones Jr. is out. Okay, Latavius Murray is in Baltimore because you didn't want to pay him. You didn't feel like he was worth the money. Alvin Kamara needs to be here. And if Alvin Kamara isn't here, then we really going to have some problems. Okay, so do I think he take plays off? What player doesn't? Do I think that he's doing it to preserve himself when I look at it, all things considered? Absolutely. Okay, but do I feel like he leaves a lot to be desired? You can say that, but I'd rather him leave a lot to be desired and, you know what I'm saying, instead of risking his help because the Saints really need this dude. They need him. You know, we may not want to hear that, but it's true. They they need this dude, man. They they need AK. If AK not playing, we're going to really have some problems. They're going to really be some slow singing and flower bringing because ain't nobody going, you know, they ain't going to have no really have nobody offensively. Roderick, thank you very much for the $10. Uh, he says, sub TJ, Peyton has ticked me off uh, past the point of <laughs> – of positivity uh let's see sean gotta start uh believing in winston i mean winston was in the zone also were not utilizing ak as a receiver yeah they uh ak not getting any receptions in the last game is absolutely ridiculous it, it is absolutely positively ridiculous the fact that this guy did not get any type of receptions in a game somebody that can has wide receiver type hands you had him running in between the tackles. He had more carries last game than he has in his entire career in one game. So you don't want to wear him down, okay? I hear some people talking about, oh, Elvin Kamara, not that type of running back. Man, knock it the hell off, okay? Elvin Kamara is not as physically imposing as a Derrick Henry. He's not a, a, a battering ram like Josh Jacobs or Mark Ingram is. But the dude is so deceptively fast, and he can find a hole, you know what I'm saying, to run through and he's extremely elusive, okay? So anybody that thinks that Elvin Kamara can't run in between the tackles, you're out of your mind, all right? You know what I'm saying? The Saints decided not to use him like that because they, you know, they, they for the most part, they tried to use him as a little bit of what they call a change of pace back, even though he was a starter. Change of pace back, the guy that catches the ball out of backfield, stretch and toss plays, and then you had guys like Mark Ingram and Latavius Murray to run up the gap, try to wear down the defense. But this guy is capable of doing all those things. I feel like him, Christian McCaffrey are the two guys in the NFL. I guess you could put Kareem Hunt in that category too, who can run in between the tackles and catch the ball out of backfield like a receiver. Just because you didn't see him do that consistently doesn't mean that he doesn't have the capability of doing it. But I do understand that the more touches that you get, there's more wear and tear on your body. Yes, you're leaving yourself susceptible to getting hurt. So I do understand that they need a downtick in 
uh, some carries uh, for AK. But I can't understand why they didn't try to run the ball out of back. Well, not I mean, throw the ball out of backfield, some screen plays. I don't know the answer to that. All I can say is maybe, you know what I'm saying, the Saints feel like, okay, we're just going to be a running team, okay? And maybe, you know what I'm saying, they just feel like because you have two eyes on Alvin Kamara trying to neutralize him, maybe it's not smart for us to try to run these screen plays, but at least not try to attempt to run one. That is that is pretty alarming to me. That is pretty alarming. So I don't know the answer to that, but I just know that he's very special while catching the ball out of backfield. Tyrone, uh, also thank you very much for the $10 and being a supporter. Uh, he says, TJ, we'll see a better game in Washington with our bye coming up soon to fix the problems. I trust our head coach. Look, I trust Sean Payton too. I don't want anybody to get the indication that I don't. I'm just saying, watching him throughout the 15, 16 years he's been with the New Orleans Saints, he overthinks himself in, in certain situations. And I feel like he makes things harder than what they have to be sometimes. And, you know, I look, it's about trusting your gut. And, you know, it, it's almost like, okay, we think about Super Bowl 44, them kicking an onside kick. Now, let's just say, for example, uh, the Saints didn't get the ball back. Everybody in New Orleans would have been talking about how big of a moron Sean Payton actually is, right? Oh, you idiot, man. We already down. And, and now you're going to kick this onside kick, man. And now you're giving the ball Peyton Manning excellent field position, right? Behind side is 2020. It actually worked. So all of a sudden, in the eyes of history, he's a genius, right? So I understand you have to trust your gut. And there's a fine line between genius and insanity. If, you know, Aldrick Rojas, old slaw tail, uh, would have went out there and kicked that 58-yard field goal and made it, Sean would have looked like a genius. But because he missed it, we look at Aldrick Rojas, adios You know what I'm saying? We understand that he can't kick the back of a barn door. You know what I'm saying? Look, he can't kick it at all. You know what I'm saying? He can't kick a ball into a net right in front of it. We understand, okay, man, why did he put him out there when this guy has shown us that he can't kick, right? So I get it, man. There's a fine line between genius and insanity. But there are some times where I just feel like things don't need to happen the way that he puts it out there. Like the whole Jameis Winston pass thing. Like I really just don't understand it. I really don't understand what you actually see in Taysom Hill doing, throwing deep balls down the field. I do not understand how can you possibly believe that Taysom Hill has this arm strength when I have seen on countless occasions in dead series. I've seen every deep pass Taysom Hill has thrown. When I edit that video, and that was me, by the way. I want everybody to understand that your boy got them skills. But when I was editing the video, I looked at every single deep pass that Taysom Hill threw every last one of them every last pass this dude threw for the exception of one it was a pass to Alvin Kamara and it was supposed to be a touchdown but of course it was called back because of Andrews Pete fill in the blank but anyway that was the only pass that he threw on a rope and it wasn't really a deep pass it was probably it probably you know what I'm saying travel about 20 yards in distance or something like that and Alvin Kamara just ran it into the end zone. That was the only pass that I seen that was deep down the field. You know what I'm saying? It, it was considered deep as a deep pass that hit the receiver in stride. That's it. You can go to that triple reverse in week one versus Tampa when, you know what I'm saying? Instead, like when <laughs> Alvin Kamara literally had to wait for the pass to get there, 
and for him to make a move. Now imagine if he would have made that pass in stride. Who knows? Alvin Kamara probably would have scored. Probably would have got more yards. I'm not trying to sound like a hater, folks. I'm just being real. What possessed him in the, in the archives of history from every game time situation for you to put Taysom Hill in the game when he has shown you on multiple, not just one occasion or two, but on multiple occasions that throwing a ball down the field, he throws the ball short or is intercepted. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, not trying to sound like a hater. I'm just being real. What possessed you to do that? <laughs> It just didn't make any sense to me, especially when you just seen your starting quarterback throw a touchdown deep. Lex says, uh, does his gut tell him that Taysom can throw the deep ball? I Look, if it does, then I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell him. Taysom needs uh, a different position. He shouldn't be quarterback, too. He can play so many other positions. Pick it and, uh, pick it and flick it. Yeah, look, I don't want anybody to think that Taysom Hill – you know, can't throw. All I'm saying is his deep balls are not that good. If you're asking him to throw an out route, he can do it. If you're asking him to throw, you know what I'm saying, an angle route to a running back, he can do it. All I'm saying is when you're asking this dude to throw the ball down the field like he Mahomes or Vic or, you know what I'm saying, Randall Cunningham or, you know, somebody like that, like you're wasting your time, okay? Like you're wasting your time. He does not have that arm strength that that most of those guys have you know what i'm saying where you can actually hit a guy in stride or on a rope he just doesn't okay it, it, it looked like 50 50 ball man i'm telling you it looked like a punt it looked like he's actually literally punting and whoever get the best position ain't gonna end up getting the football all i'm saying is if it wasn't for michael thomas if it wasn't for emmanuel sanders if it wasn't for alvin kamara those deep passes that and deontay harris Every last one of those passes that he threw that connected, the wide receiver made a better play than pass. Go back and take a look at it. Go back and take a look if you feel like I'm criticizing. Go back and take a look and tell me from Michael Thomas sliding to catch the pass, right? When he was behind defenders. When Deontay Harris had to literally turn his entire body around to catch the ball like a punt. A punt, you know what I'm saying, return. Or Emmanuel Sanders literally breaking off his route to run back to the ball. Go back and take a look, man. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Anybody that think that I'm just this, this is just a, a, a Taysom Hill hating uh bashing uh you know podcast. It is definitely not. All I'm saying is you have to be real with yourself. You have to be realistic, okay? You have to be realistic. You have to understand that Jameis Winston in certain situations like that puts you in the best position. Uh, to get the ball down the field and for your receivers to make plays. All right, but I want to talk a little bit and feel free uh, to put your comments uh, down in the chat uh, continuously about uh, the Saints, but I, I do want to talk about this. This is probably the, the part of the show where some of you who don't think objectively probably going to exit stage left, but I really do not care. Um, I feel like there's an issue in the NFL uh, about – you know, there's an issue when it comes to the black quarterback. I really do. Um, I'm listening to Get Up this morning as I'm taking packs in the daycare, listening to it. And the, the topic was Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields, we know that he was drafted to the Chicago Bears out of Ohio State. He was a Heisman Trophy uh, finalist. We know that he was a really good quarterback when he was in college. He's a tough guy. He, you know what I'm saying? He, he mustered, you know what I'm saying, up enough strength, you know what I'm saying, to play 
in a college football playoff with some with broken ribs and you know what I'm saying well bruised ribs I don't know if they were broken or not but he went out there and he gave it the old college try no pun intended and he played really really well but now he goes to the Chicago Bears and head coach Matt Nagy is still insisting on saying that Andy Dalton is the quarterback but you have members of the media who are keep on constantly saying Oh, this guy's not ready. This guy's not ready. Look how he's playing. This guy's not ready. And I just wonder, like, why is it that Justin Fields is constantly the topic of conversation, right? And why is it that he is there so quick to dismiss this guy and making it seem like he is who he is? When you look at the Saints, right? People are criticizing Jameis Winston because of 2019, and they feel like this guy will never, you know, be able to overcome that. And they're like, he is who he is. Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, right? You know what I'm saying? Had a really good game versus the Falcons, but who don't? I guess. Touche. But. For having him, you know what I'm saying? And Carson Wentz in a little bit of a quarterback competition. So that was, that showed me that. Howie Roseman probably want him. Maybe somebody else didn't want him. And now all of a sudden, oh, Justin Fields not the answer. The Eagles need to make a trade for this quarterback and that quarterback. Meanwhile, you don't really hear this type of stuff when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, who has yet to win a football game and whose coach is getting found grinding, letting women grind on him in a club. And you also have Zach Wilson, who threw four interceptions against the new england patriots or you know saying yeah i think it was the new england Patriots. but anyway all i'm all i'm saying is this all i'm saying is this when i hear the narrative about trevor lawrence when i hear the narrative about zach wilson i'm hearing oh these guys they they just need to battle through they need to just figure it out oh they don't have this this offensive line they don't have these playmakers but when it comes to justin fields who only has Allen Robinson, to be honest, and they just made a trade, you know what I'm saying, for a wide receiver to come in, you know what I'm saying, in the form of a Calvary. Oh, you know what I'm saying, he, he, he don't understand the playbook. He doesn't grasp the concept. So how is it that Justin Fields, who actually won a game this past weekend and played pretty good, but then you had Zach Wilson, who won a game. I'll give him that. But he threw four interceptions. He was, you know what I'm saying, under the rest. He was running out of pocket. He was overthrowing guys against Carolina. I watched that game. And then you have Trevor Lawrence, who comes out before the draft and says football, basically said football isn't everything. Now think about this, right? Think about if Justin Fields would have made that comment. Oh, football isn't anything. He would not have been a first-round pick. Probably would have been a second or third-round pick because the narrative would have been he's not all in. He's not all in. And then you heard about some type of condition or something like that that he had, and people were trying to amplify that, trying to make it seem like, oh, he, he, it might be an issue down the line. But Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick, basically told you that football isn't everything. Tell me that there's not a discrepancy going on here. Tell me that y'all do not see this. When it comes to the black quarterback, if they don't find success when they get off – when they get off the turnip truck, so to speak, you know what I'm saying, from the gate, then, oh, they're not good enough, man. Can they weather the storm? Are they, you know, what's going on here? But when it comes to some of these white quarterbacks, why are they getting the benefit of the doubt? Why is it is Adam Gase's fault in, in for the Jets 
right, that Sam Darnold would struggle. But it's not a problem when Jameis Winston had three, four coaches, you know what I'm saying, a part of the Tampa Bay organization when he was the quarterback. Somebody explain that to me. How is it that Jalen Hurts can't go through the motions, right? But you have these other quarterbacks out here who struggled, you know what I'm saying, their first couple years in order for them to figure it out. Baker Mayfield, you know what I'm saying, threw a lot of interceptions his rookie season. Second season, not really terrible. But to a point, people were criticizing him doing all those progressive commercials. Or whatever commercial he's doing, I don't know. But anyway, those insurance commercials. Everybody was talking about him doing that. Maybe it was an issue. But all of a sudden, no, that, you know, that ain't it. You got still got people out here. Oh, man, he, he going to figure it out. He going to figure it out. But Jalen Hurts, his first year as a full starter, he has to automatically figure this out. With a brand new coach, by the way, a head coach that nobody ever really heard of, before he actually became a head coach. Somebody tell me that there's not an issue here. Somebody tell me that there's not a narrative going around here that is being that is that is being pushed by some members of the sports media. I see that people are getting the benefit of the doubt. I don't care what anybody says. Trevor Lawrence was playing like slow before Urban Meyer uh, was found in the club with a woman dancing on them. but it was anybody really saying anything about that no 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 because it's the jaguars and they were the first pick overall well the chicago bears weren't very good last season yeah they made the playoffs but i mean they, they were not a good football team there's a there's a chance that their coach is not going to even make it to the end of the season but so why is it that you got a brand new coach in robert Sala? You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to have like all this money for the Jets, new quarterback. You're going to spend all this money on a wide receiver room. Why is it that Zach Wilson gets the benefit of the doubt, but then Justin Fields, he has to come out there playing lights out? There's a problem going on in, in sports. How black athletes, black quarterbacks have to be good from the jump. From the jump. There's really no room for these guys to really fail or, find, or go through the motions. Because if they do, then they're already ready to call these guys bust, already ready to call these guys backups, already ready to call these guys losers, and you can't win with them. I, I really don't understand. Like, how can you possibly come to this conclusion with Jalen Hurts? Like, seriously. There's a lot of people that do not want this dude here. Got to. You, you don't have to convince me. If you feel like Jalen Hurts was the guy, you're not going to make a trade with the Jaguars to bring in Gardner Minshew, a guy who has been a starter, a guy with the narrative, oh, if he's in the right system, you can win with him. You're not going to put that guy on your team to be a distraction. And for Jalen Hurts to have eyes in the back of his head, that is not trust. And it goes way before just putting a C on your chest. What is that? What is that? That's, that means you were elected by your peers, your teammates, not the coaching staff. So anybody that don't see that, they just don't want to see it. I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Because it, it, it's a problem. It, it, it's a problem, man. How is it that how is it that Jalen Hurts? Seriously, 
How is it that Jalen Hurts, man, first year as a starter, first four years as a starter, people already writing this man off. Justin Fields, oh, he not good enough yet. He ain't ready. Oh, you know, but he he needs to sit on the sidelines and learn. But Zach Wilson, by the way, I mean, he has to go through the motion. He has to figure it out. How is it that when the Saints are playing the New England Patriots, you got people like Mark Slarrett, every time Jameis Winston tries to make a play, make something happen with his legs, See, oh, what you have to do is, why don't you just throw it out of bounds? Why don't you just throw it to the side? You know what I'm saying? Why don't you just throw it away? All of a sudden, Mac Jones does the same play a couple plays later. Then all of a sudden, oh, he's just trying to make something happen. He's very limited right now. He really doesn't have the guy. He has to figure it out. Oh, he has to figure it out. But Jameis Winston has to throw it away because if he doesn't throw it away, then, man, he's a terrible quarterback. This is the reason why he's a terrible quarterback. He needs to throw it away. But Mac Jones trying to make something happen with his legs because there's nobody around him to make a play. I can make an argument that the New England Patriots with John New Smith and Hunter Henry and, and, and Myers and Bourne and all those other guys got a better, more formidable wide receiver corp than what Jameis is dealing with. But, of course, the narrative is Jameis Winston is an interception waiting to happen, a turnover waiting to happen, and there's no fixing this guy. Something is wrong here. Something is wrong here. If you don't see that, go take a look. Go take a look. Exactly, Google Mini. Something is not right. <laughs> Something is not right. Even Google Mini. My Google Mini in my office saying something's not right because it's not right. Read some of your comments, man. Then we'll we'll move on. Back up. They don't get a second chance like some of these other ones. Exactly. They don't. If they don't play well right away, they automatically going to be career backups. They're not going to really get those. They're not going to get too many second chances. They're not. They're not going to get too many second chances. If you come in and you playing good right away, they might be able to deal with you for a couple of years. I mean, you can even look at Robert Griffin III. People can talk about him all they want to, but the dude, you, you, like, honestly, you do not, you do not be an offensive rookie of the year and not possess some type of talent. You, you, you just don't, man. You just don't. But there was some narrative. Oh, he wanted to become more of a pocket passer. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that, man? Why do why, why the man wants to preserve his body? He don't want to feel like he has to run all the time. And he wants to sit back there and try to become a better pocket passer. What's wrong with that? Oh, he's being defiant. Oh, he's trying to be stubborn. Oh, his dad is too involved with the organization. Oh, he riding to the game with Bill Snyder. It's a problem. His teammates looking at him sideways. I mean, come on, man. Vince Young. Let's go back to Vince Young. People talking about, oh, man, Vince Young, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't focused. But people ain't looking at Jeff Fisher, old terrible tale, who is Mr. 7-9 every single year for the Tennessee Titans. But nobody ever questioned uh, Jeff Fisher because he's head of the officiating committee and he's well-respected in the circles of the NFL. And he just so happened to find a very special quarterback and Steve McNair, may he rest in peace, to make him better as a coach than he actually is. 
But nobody ever questioned this guy. Nobody ever questioned, you know what I'm saying, why is it that his teams are constantly going seven and nine no matter who the quarterback is? Nah, it's not his fault. It's Vince Young's fault. I mean, I can look, I can go on, man. I I can go on. I can go on. TJ, that's just the way things going always uh be. Uh, we gotta build our own and separate. Well, look, man, I, look, I I I ain't on no uh Marcus Garvey type stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I ain't trying to be on no back to Africa type stuff here. All I'm saying is there is a there's a disconnect. There is a a lot of people that are culturally clueless, and there's still this this good old boy system that still lurks his ugly head. Okay. It, it really is, man. And you got these guys on television, man, like demeaning and downgrading these cats, man. Like it, that ain't cool, man. That ain't cool. I, I'm serious, man. Like, can you like seriously? Your first pick overall in Trevor Lawrence. Go back and look. This man literally said, "Okay, football isn't everything." You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's important, but it ain't everything. Imagine. Like, think think about this. If Justin Fields was the, the surefire first pick overall, and he said something like that, there's not a GM or organization that wouldn't be sitting up there looking at that man sideways. I, I'm serious. There, there, wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a GM or organization looking at this man sideways. Trevor Lawrence says, and nobody says anything about it. But you 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 have, like, some type of condition, some type of private condition, supposedly Justin Fields has, and it can hurt him in the long run. Talking about like talking about his family and stuff like that. It, it might hurt him and it hinder him. Like, knock it off. Knock it off, man. Yes, TJ, you're speaking the truth. Uh, they have to be perfect. It sucks. That's the narrative. That's just the way things are already. Read that one. You're not lying, dude. Lost, and they still uh say he outplayed Brady. Why are you comparing uh, Wilson Fields rookies to a vet like Winston? I'm not comparing. I'm comparing based on a narrative. Okay. I need you to understand this. I need you to fully understand what I am saying. I'm saying when there's a narrative that is created nine times out of 10 for black quarterbacks, it is hard for them to shake it. It is hard for them to shake it. Like they, they are forever going to be that. They are forever going to look be looked at as that. You still have people out here right now. Jameis Winston, Mr. 30 for 30, 30 for 30. Jameis Winston, not a good quarterback. Jameis Winston has eight passing touchdowns, two interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 109. Okay? One of the, you know what I'm saying? If not the best in the NFL. You know what they'll say? Now, think about this. If Aaron Rodgers had something like that, or some of these other quarterbacks, oh, they're playing good football. They're playing smart football. Right, but instead of them looking at him making better decisions, y'all you know saying what are they saying? Oh, he ain't throwing the ball enough. He ain't, he ain't throwing the ball enough. Well, if you got 21, 22 opportunities to throw the football, and they're not leading the interceptions and turnovers, then guess what? Your job, y'all you know saying, as of right now, is to make sure that the ball gets down the field into the right hands of your players. That is what it's supposed to be all about. But instead, you you're still trying to find ways to downgrade the dude. Right. I mean, a quarterback, you know what I'm saying? Like they can throw 
Oh, four touchdowns. He had three interceptions. But all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? They'll hide that. They'll hide three interceptions, but they'll say, he had four touchdowns today. All, all I'm saying is, man, look, there, there's a problem going on here. There's a problem. It is hard for these quarterbacks to shake the narrative of what the national media puts on them. And we do a good job, but some of us, some of us do. We we do a good job pushing the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the sheep that we are sometimes. Not everybody. I'm not talking about everybody. But there are some sheep out there. Bad, bad, bad. Sheep. That follow everything that the media tells them. They don't do the research. They don't go and look. They don't watch the games. All they do is listen to these talking heads talking loud and crazy and being animated and sipping tea in the middle of conversations, trying to give you all some type of uh, level of entertainment to make you laugh and smile. And then you go to your barbershops or you go to your neighborhoods or you go tell your next door neighbor that you talk about football a lot. And you push these narratives that these people tell you without watching a damn game or doing any type of damn research. So you are just not everybody. I won't make that clear, but you are just as responsible as some of these these talking heads who don't look at the game them damn selves, who listen to their interns who burn the midnight oil to come up with doing stuff like analytics and research and give it to them to make them sound like profits. All I'm saying is this. We need to start paying attention to the games. We need to start watching why is this guy making this decision. We need to understand what is really going on within these organizations before we come to these conclusions about these guys. Because what they do is they run with these narratives. Because guess what? They know that you're going to believe everything that they say because you trust them. And some people, when you give them a level of trust, they don't know what to do with it. Or they use it for their own nefarious gain. But there's a narrative going on. I don't care what anybody says. Like, you don't like what I'm saying too bad, but it's a fact. Don't don't take my word for it. Go do some, go, go look at it yourself for those that get mad or wanna, you know, say have these type of, you know, get mad every time these type of conversations show up. Like, go do your research, man. Go do your research and see and see for your own self. If you don't want to come to that conclusion and find it out, that's your problem. These uh, TJ, these people, uh, they they tell these narratives are from a old time where blacks can't do anything. Just my opinion. All I'm saying is this. The world is changing. You see people, you know, what I'm saying out here, like really changing the way that they look at race, sexual orientation and stuff. But you still have those individuals out here that are in positions of power that still have that good old boy type system. You still have guys out here who feel like quarterbacks the quarterback position is a thank you position and feel like black quarterbacks are inferior you know what i'm saying inferior you know what i'm saying when it comes to decision making they feel like they have to so-called dumb down the system in order for them to succeed because i have to make this i have to make this playbook what, what they say is they, they say i gotta i gotta dumb down the playbook or you know what i'm saying they don't call it dumbing down they say we gotta thin the playbook you might as well just say you're dumbing down a playbook or, you know what I'm saying, that, that quarterback isn't smart enough to absorb this type of information. You know, why, why is it that these other quarterbacks, yo, give them the yellow pages, they'll be able to skim through it and they'll be able to understand everything that's going on in these yellow pages. But I'm going to give this guy, you know, a magazine, right? I'm going to give him a magazine full of plays. I'm going to give him a highlights magazine of plays, right? I'm going to give him a coloring book full of plays. Okay, and these are the plays that we're going to kind of run. We're going to simplify the game plan. 
man, knock it off. Knock it off, man. Jameis definitely uh, getting a bad rep from the media. He's uh, not the reason we lost those two games. Love nothing more than for him to get better and succeed. Hopefully shut up uh, the national media folks. Look, at this particular point, the media is going to be who they are. They're going to look. You got Jason McIntyre, who is now resting, resting his head on, you know, his takes on Jameis Winston. So guess what? He knows that talking about Jameis Winston is going to give him the most clicks. And it's also going to give him the most attention that he probably going to ever get as a media person. So guess what? Uh, like Skip Bayless, uh, like Stephen A. Smith with the Cowboys, uh, like Skip Bayless with LeBron James and, you know what I'm saying, the Lakers and, and being, uh, you know, anti-Aaron Rodgers. They know what their stick is. They know what people are going to look for them when it comes to. So they're going to rest their hat on that. So there's nothing Jameis in this regard can do about it. All he can do is go out there and play the best that he possibly can and allow these people to look like absolute idiots. Okay. But I mean, you can't, you cannot worry about what the media, you know what I'm saying, is saying about you as an athlete. Because I, I look, this is a, anybody that has a problem with Jameis, I think you need to understand this is a testament to how good, how good, you know what I'm saying, this dude is mentally. Because some of the stuff, that people have said about this guy, the way they laugh at this dude, the way they ridicule this dude, any other quarterback out here would have folded like a cheap tent and basically just hid under a rock somewhere and said, you know what, I can't do this. Or it really would affect the way that they play the game. The fact that this dude can get behind a mic and speak with such confidence, the way that he can go out here and, and, and you know what I'm saying, and walk and move with this level of, of belief in himself, is a testament to how this dude is mentally. So I don't know who his team is. I don't know what he actually does, but kudos to him. Because if you are a quarterback that has got that much scrutiny, there's not many quarterbacks that can be able to bounce back from that if you're not mentally capable of doing it. The media have their picks and chooses. They break down uh, and hate most and never uh, speak down on who they love. They are very, very one-sided. Well, look, you're not going to speak you're not going to speak down on stuff that you feel like people want to hear. Like you're not going to you'll probably bring one talking head that criticizes uh Tom Brady, right? If they want to criticize Tom Brady, who they bring in? They bring in Rob Parker, right? Shout out to Rob Parker. I like Rob. Rob is like one of my favorite media people, you know, because he's such a smart guy. But he has this take on Tom Brady, right? But you're not going to bring a bunch of talking heads to talk about Tom Brady because for the most part people love Tom Brady. People like him, right? Y'all saying Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to find a bunch of people like criticizing Patrick Mahomes. So you'll probably find one talking head. If you constantly just talk down on these people, people would just start to tune out because we live in a society today where people love to hear things they care about. They, they love hearing about things that they care about and they love hearing positive things about things that they care about. They don't want to hear anything negative. It's like talking about my mama. I don't want to hear that. You better not talk about my mama. And I know my mama in the chat because of apparently Jerry giving a shout out. You're not going to talk about my mama, right? <laughs> You're not. You're not going to do it because that's who I love. That's who I'm going to war for. You're not going to talk about my wife. You're not going to talk about Pac-Man. You're not going to talk about any of those people. If I hear you say something negative about that, man, we're going to have a problem. So my, my the point is, they're not going to go out here and criticize these folks because those are the media, those are the ratings makers. You're not going to downgrade P 
Patrick Mahomes' performance and how bad he's been playing this season compared to the other seasons he's played. You're not going to talk about him and criticize him that much. You're going to elevate it. You're going to show him throwing those magical passes that nobody can throw, him no looking it, because that is what people want to see. You're going to talk about Tom Brady and how he finally ran for a first down and he got on the ground smiling, because that's what people want to see. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, folks, but there are picks and chooses just like just like what was alluded to. There, there are picks and chooses. Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore gets cut by the Patriots. I'm watching, and well, I'm not watching, but listening to get up. Well, where does Stephon Gilmore needs to go? Tampa. Doesn't Tampa already have an embarrassment of riches? What about the Chiefs? They're struggling defensively. Uh, what about the Green Bay Packers? Jaya Alexander been banged up. What about the Cowboys? Huh? You looking at all these different teams that's out here right now? But those are the teams that you're going to bring up because those are the segments that everybody talk about. They talk about the Packers. They talk about the Cowboys. Come on, man. We need to understand what they're trying to do here. And we need to be able to do our own research for us to fully understand. Is this person really worth talking about ridiculing? Or am I basically being a pawn? Some of us are being pawns, man. For real. Checkmate. TJ, um, I commented, uh, you, my brother, you stay professional and try to keep it straight about the sports, but some stuff stands out. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Look, I try to keep, look, I'm not a person, I ain't trying to hide from nothing, okay? I'm sorry. You know, I'm not one of, look, I, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to think, oh, yeah, TJ trying to kick up some race stuff and all that. Look, I, I'm telling you what it is, all right? I wish I could, you know what I'm saying, be one. Look, I would, no, I don't. I would never be one of those people that just go along to get along. I'm just not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to, you're going to love me for who I am. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? If I'm not the type of person of your quiet taste, that's fine. But I'm not going to throw the, I'm not going to hide behind a rock. You know what I'm saying? Because, oh man, I, I want people to come back next time. Look, if you, if you own some, like, if you own some BS, I'm going to call you out because I would want you to call me out if I'm on some BS. Seriously. So I ain't trying to like go along and get along. I can care less. If you said some messed up stuff, I don't agree with what you said. I'm going to say it. And if that means, oh, if I'm reaching out and I would like to get your take on the show, I want to come on there. Well, whatever. Because, you know, some people want you to sing their praises and, and hype them up and say all these things. Oh, I love him. And, oh, it wasn't his fault. Oh, that wasn't a crazy idea. Knock it off. Okay, knock it off. We ain't living in a real world. We live, we deal with real situations. Sports is our getaway. But what happens when the real world and real issues trickle into something that we love? Are we supposed to ignore that? Well, you're a fool if you do that. I love my house, but I'm not going to stay in here if this thing on fire. I'm going to get the hell out of here. If the real world trickles into something that we love, we have to address it. If I'm in a house and the fire is small, I can stand there and say, oh, my house is on fire. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can wait for it to spread throughout the room or I can go and grab some water and try to douse that thing out. I can deal with the situation right then and there so it won't, you know what I'm saying, be a bigger issue down the line. But as soon as we come to this and understand that these type of issues, they, they come up, they happen, and there's nothing we can do about it, the better we are as people, period. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. La, 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 whatever. Okay, 
hide behind a rock and feel like these situations don't happen. That's fine. But you're playing yourself. Black quarterbacks uh, has to play MVP level or uh, we out of the league when a white quarterback can play 20 years and be average. Well, I will say this, though. There's a there's a higher percentage. OK, I want to I want to make this fair. OK, I want to make this fair. There's a higher percentage of white quarterbacks in the league. OK, you know what I'm saying? So I want to make that perfectly clear. So the chances of them playing longer than a black quarterback. Is, you know, what I'm saying it's very high because there are more of them. OK, my whole take on the situation, and I do agree with what you're saying, is the narrative that creates. You know what I'm saying? Like the narrative that is created uh, by the media, by some of these talking heads, stuff that people cannot shake, right? And all, they, autom- they automatically make that said quarterback guilty in a court of public opinion. And when you're guilty in a court of public opinion, it is hard for you to shake that. It is like a person that goes to trial and the trial is amplified and it's on TV and it's watched around the country and around the world. And that person gets off. Guess what? When that person walks off, man, they did it. You still gonna have people still believing in their heart that they did. They yeah, they 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 did that. They are who they said they is. They might have got off, but they did it. So it's just like the same thing with these quarterbacks. They put that narrative out there. They can play good, man, but it's only a matter of time before they start playing bad again, right? It, it, it can never be like oh they turned the corner, or it it can never be that. It can it can never be that, man. So, yeah, there is a narrative, okay? But I do want to make that clear. I do want to make that clear. When you have a higher percentage of something, you know, when it comes to nationality, of course, you know what I'm saying, you're going to have a higher percentage, okay? Because you're really just starting to see a, a, a huge, well, I don't want to say huge, but a nice sample size of black quarterbacks in the league. Enough for us to, i say probably in the next 10 years, we will really be able to assess that, that analytic you know what I mean? like we can really be able to sit down and look at those analytics and be like you know what okay and see see if they have a problem now if a couple of years when you start to see other minorities black quarterbacks you know what i'm saying like hispanic quarterbacks you know what i'm saying coming into the league and when you start to see that and we still having these same issues that's when i would be like you know what man we need to maybe do something about that i'm uh but right now uh before i move on and i take a few uh final questions i want to Thank the sponsors of the State of the Saints podcast. First off, uh, the official sponsor, which is Manscaped.com, uh, the leader in male grooming. Uh, their fourth-generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game, along with their refined body wash uh, to round out your hygiene routine. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints, okay? All one word, State of Saints. You will save 20% off of the Manscaped body wash. And also, I want to give a special shout out uh, to uh, CDCX, okay? Um, I want to give a special shout out to them, one of the uh, sponsors of the State of the Saints podcast as well. Uh, been working with them for the last couple of weeks. A good, solid uh, company right here. I uh, want to say thank you to them. Uh, CBD, excuse me, CBDX.com. Uh, it's not your average CBD company. Uh, we've all tried CBD. Well, some of us probably have, but none of it is like the real deal. CBDX is the real deal. And CBDX.com ships right in front of your door right now. 
So the listeners of the State of Saints podcast can also save 20% off with CBDX.com by using the promo code SOS. So shout out to CBDX. Great guys right there, man. Y'all check out it. You know, check out their products and also manscaped.com with the body wash. All right. So I'm gonna read a few more uh comments and then we can go ahead and get up out of here. Uh may also be the team uh they are playing for because I don't remember hearing bad about Dak. Oh man, what are you what? <laughs> nah, nah, Larry. Look, Larry, you my guy. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Larry. Larry been holding it down for State of the Saints podcast for years. But Larry, I got look, I got I got I got to school you on this, man. I, I got to. Dak Prescott just started, you know what I'm saying, to he just started to like really start to get the respect that he deserved. When Dak Prescott was throwing for 5,000 yards like Jameis Winston, the narrative was, "Oh, he put his team in a hole." Now, Let's backtrack this for a second. Let's backtrack this for a second. Let's go to Andrew Luck's rookie year, right? When he was throwing interceptions all over the place. Bruce Arian was his quarterback whisperer, by the way. But all of a sudden, the late game heroics against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Andrew Luck is everything we thought he was. He's everything he thought he was. Now, keep in mind that Andrew Luck had about three turnovers in the first half, putting his team behind an eight ball. But then all of a sudden, I guess he realized he was Andrew Luck. And he musters a comeback, right? Dak Prescott can do the same thing against the Falcons. The narrative was he put the team in a hole. Oh, that's the reason why Jerry Jones don't want to pay him. That's the reason why he don't want to pay Dak. He don't want to pay him. Dak, Dak is not, you know what I'm saying? He, he's, he's not worth $40 million. He's not worth all that money. Then he gets hurt. Then all of a sudden he gets hurt and have that gruesome injury. And everybody, oh man, I feel so bad for him. And he just got this, you know, he, he just got this uh, franchise tag. We don't know if Jerry Jones going to pay him, right? But everybody applauded Jerry Jones for signing Andy Dalton and giving Dak, you know what I'm saying, a, a franchise tag because they felt like he wasn't the guy. But then when Dak gets paid and Dak balls out, well, I knew it was, it was he had it in him the whole time. No, 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 no. Dak Prescott was never that guy that everybody looked at. They criticized this dude just like they criticized everybody else. The only difference is this season, you ain't got much to criticize. But they didn't want, they they said Jerry Jones shouldn't pay him. They said Jerry Jones is a shrewd and smart businessman for signing Andy Dalton when you're having contract issues with Dak. So no, that is what we do, man, sometimes. And Larry, I'm not accusing you of this, but we always look at the finished product. We always look at the book. We don't look at what led to the great story. We don't look at the introduction of the book. We look at the end. We don't look at the whole entire story. We're looking at Dak Prescott right now playing in MVP form, and all of a sudden, none of that stuff was said about him. No, 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 no. I am not going to let that slide. They've been talking about that man. They even questioned that man getting a big-time contract and him living up to those expectations. They were not on board with Dak Prescott this whole entire time. And I'm glad that Dak is balling out. And I'm glad that he's doing this thing out there. Wish he was doing it for somebody else because I hate the Cowboys, but the brother is out there balling. But it took a long time for people to look at this dude and respect him as a quarterback in the National Football League. Nah, bro. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. They do not want a black quarterback to be a leader. 
think about it. Uh, they can play any uh, position on the field and they will be okay with it. Uh, quarterback, uh, they don't like it because quarterback is the number one spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you remember when um, you remember when Cam uh, Cam Newton went to uh, Carolina Panthers, you know, and at the time, you know, the owner of the Panthers said, asked him, was he ever going to get some tattoos? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, like, come on, man. You know, and asking, you know, Dez Bryant, you know, I mean, he's not a quarterback, but asking Dez Bryant about his family and stuff like that and asking him all these different uh, personal things about his mama. Man, come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. Hey, at least uh, we will get a lottery pick in the draft. Uh, who, who getting a lottery pick? The Saints? Nah, the Saints ain't getting no lottery pick. Uh, that's true. It took him uh, getting hurt to get paid. Exactly. You know, and, and the thing about it is I'm, I'm going to just be real. And you know, I'm, I could be way out in left field, but I really feel like his injury guilted Jerry Jones into paying him. I, I'm serious. Like, I wonder if Dak would have played out last season. Would they have paid that man? But if Jerry Jones didn't pay him and he had that gruesome injury, it would make him look like the biggest a-hole in football history. Like, seriously. So I, I think that Jared Jones is one of those people that care a lot about what people think about him, regardless of what anybody says. He cares, okay? This this whole moniker, you know what I'm saying, that he has, you know, Jerry is, is always, you know what I'm saying, close-knit with his players. His players love Jerry, past and present. He couldn't have that on him, man, because he liked being liked. He, liked, he, he loved being liked. And that would make him look like the biggest a-hole if he didn't pay that man, you know? Me too, and they have a ton of weapons, so they will be good all season probably. Yeah, and, and not to mention they got a really softball schedule. Hey, TJ, do you think uh, the football team can use the Giants blueprint to beat us? Uh, Yeah, you know, I see a lot of uh, similarities. And, and don't get it twisted, man. The football team, they lost some games, but they were always in every single game. So anybody just think and look at their record and think that the Saints are going to have an easy out or – you know, it's going to be easy for them to bounce back. Think again, like the Washington football team are a prideful bunch. And I got a hell of a lot of respect for Ron Rivera as a head coach. So uh, I'm just being real. Like if you think that the Saints are just, oh man, they're just going to go up to FedEx field and bounce back. No, no. Hey, T, I already read that one, but Damien, nah, I don't look, it's going to be tough, man. Patriots traded Stephon Gilmore to the Panthers for a 2023 six round pick. Have you heard about this, TJ? I thought he got released. I thought he got released. Wait a minute. Let me see. I, are we talking about CJ uh, Henderson? Are we talking about CJ Henderson? Or are we talking about? Are we talking about Stephon Gilmore? And, and let me let me see this. I don't know how accurate this is. I, from what I heard, okay. Let's see. They said the Panthers acquire cornerback Gilmore. Okay, so this must have just happened. Okay, they traded him to the Carolina Panthers. Okay. I thought he got released. But, yeah, that's according to ESPN. No, I didn't hear about this. I mean, it happened 23 <laughs> minutes ago, uh, you know, so, I, I mean, I was doing a podcast at the time. Yeah, but Stephon Gilmore, you know, going to the Carolina Panthers, man, I got to tell you, they they looking really formidable, man. You got Stephon Gilmore. You got C.J. Henderson. Uh, you got Dante Jackson. And then you got J.C. Horn when they get back. Man, uh, Carolina, they trying to go for it, man. So, I, I look, I ain't mad at them. But it, it's smart. You know what I'm saying? It's smart. I mean, you have all these guys on these rookie deals. You combine that with some uh, free agents. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. 
that's they're gonna be a tough out, man. You know, they're gonna be a tough out. So we'll we'll see. We'll see, man. But you know, I, I got a lot of respect for them, man. They they don't they making some moves out there in Carolina. We may not like it because they're our rivals, but they definitely doing the damn thing. Uh we can't let an XFL quarterback beat us. <laughs> Man, Taylor Heineke, he, he be balling, man. He he got his moments. He got his moments. Yeah, they are scary. Yeah, man. I mean, look, they didn't have all that going on, and they still was out there, you know what I'm saying, getting picks and dominating the Saints. So, yeah. Too late, TJ. Jerry Jones is one of the biggest a-holes, period. Yeah, to you know, to fans, but in the eyes of the media, he's well, he's well protected. Um, he, you know, he falls into that category is all publicity is good publicity. So it don't bother him being talked about, you know what I'm saying? Because he's always on the lips of everybody. His teams are always on primetime television, win, lose, or draw. So he wins. You know what I'm saying? He wins. And I'm going to finish that up uh, with a few more. Uh, let's see. Uh, just had a school shooting by my house. That's why I was just uh, telling y'all stay safe. Sad, man. Hope everybody's safe out there, man. Hope everybody's safe. Man, just, man, so much going on. Jalen got released, I heard. Yeah, Jalen Smith got released. I would like him to play for the Saints. I'm being dead serious. Now, people are talking about, oh, the Saints got, you know, uh, a deep linebacking court. Yeah, that's true. They do. But how many of those dudes that you can count on to stay healthy all year long? Okay, I mean, look, I like Quan Alexander just like everybody else. But the dude always hurt, okay? I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, you, you talk about Zach Bond. We thought that he was going to look good when we seen that game versus the Baltimore Ravens. We found out that he is a, a liability in coverage. If it ain't for, like, Pete Warner, who just got here two weeks ago, and Demario Davis, a guy who is always out there, I feel like Jalen Smith would be good, okay? Because Caden Ellis, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He batted a ball up that turned into an interception. But I don't really trust him in coverage. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Demario Davis, I trust in coverage, but I still feel like he's getting up there in age. I feel like Jalen Smith is a guy who can, you know, who can run. You can play him in coverage, and he's a good tackler. So when he does come back, you can put Zach Barn on the special teams where he belongs. Uh Caden Ellis, you can have him rotating with Pete Werner. So you'll have Quine, Demario Davis, Pete Warner. And Jalen Smith. And I think that would be a really good starting linebacker group right there that you can rotate. And I think that is a huge chance that he can possibly sign with the Saints because of Chris Richard. Chris Richard was the assistant defensive coordinator when he and Lathan Vanderash had some of their best seasons as linebackers. So it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up going to the to the Saints. I think it would be a good idea. That boy uh P Warner looked good, man. Brian, you, you might want to hold that because we all know right now, everybody, yeah, if you wanted the truth, let this man turn around and have a bad game or get beaten covered. Man, the Saints draft pick, man, they, man, they suck. They suck, man. You see how he got beat? He, he tackled everybody else, but you see what happened when that tight end got behind him? He sucked. He sucked. Yeah, just stay tuned, man. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Because <laughs> don't nobody change their mind like a Saints fan. My goodness, we go from uh, Paulson, uh, uh, you know, Paulson Adebo has a lot of promise to this dude is just slow. Okay, he's 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 awful. Get him out of my face. You know, I mean, 
So stay tuned, okay? P Warner, P Warner, yeah, he he balling right now. It's two games, right? Two games. It, 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 it's two games. But let that man go out here and have a rough game against the football team. Man, we ain't got nobody, man. Who was in the who was in the front office when they drafted these guys? Like, man, if you if you don't come off the turnip truck being lights out when the Saints draft you, no matter what your position is, you can be a seventh round pick. If you don't come off the truck out there making plays and looking like Ray Lewis, Stephon Gilmore, Darrell Reeves, uh Jalen Ramsey, man, my goodness, you can't play. Boy, you let one pass get past you. Don't let two. Oh, my goodness. If you let two, two passes get through, oh, my God, man. My freaking goodness. My freaking goodness. My freaking goodness. Like, seriously. Don't don't let two. Don't let two. Like, you let two passes get past you as a Saints fan? Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. You are at a point of no return, boy. You can be out there for 70 snaps, right? If you let, if you shut it down, 60 snaps, you let 69 and 70 get, oh my goodness, boy, you terrible. Boy, you suck. Boy, you suck. But I, I want to know how some people evaluate football. Like, I'm serious. I want to know how people evaluate football. Do y'all just think that the Saints are the only team that pays guys? Like, I'm serious. Do some of you some of you think that the Saints are the only team that pays guys? Do y'all think that those wide receivers that those other teams pay aren't paid to catch passes or some of the elitists of the elite? I mean, do, do you not believe that? I, I mean, I don't understand it, man. Like, I don't understand, like, like if, if you ain't Revis, if you ain't, if you ain't prime Richard Sherman, if you ain't, if you ain't Jalen Ramsey, you ain't nothing, man. Like, if you like. If you let any pass in your area get cut, then you can't play cornerback. Like, it's ridiculous, man. Like, how do some of y'all evaluate football? Like, how do y'all do it? I mean, how, how do y'all do it? Like, seriously, how do y'all evaluate football? I really don't understand, man. Not everybody, but some of y'all. Like, quarterback, back to pass, throws the ball five yards, tackled by Marshawn Lattimore. Man, Marshawn Lattimore, I thought you were locked down. I thought you were locked down. I thought you were locked down. Paulson and Debo, it goes quarterback, back to pass. Pass caught seven yards, tackled by Paulson and Debo. Man, we need to get rid of him. Man, no, nah, bro, they ain't it. They ain't it. They ain't it, bro. Demario Davis makes the tackle. Demario Davis makes the tackle. Demario Davis made the tackle. Running back, brace the tackle on Demario Davis, man. Demario Davis lost his step, man. What's wrong with him, man? What's wrong with him? What happened? What happened to him? Huh? What happened to him? You know? What, what happened to him? Quarterback back to pass. He looks. He throws the progression. Cam Jordan gets him out of his spot. Throws the ball out of bounds. Once again, quarterback throws. Rolls to the right. Cam Jordan is rushing him down. Throws the ball out of bounds. Back to pass. Quarterback throws the pass. Man, Cam Jordan, he lost stuff, man. He's slow. He washed, man. I don't know what's going on with him, man. He don't even get to the quarterback no more. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you to everybody that checked out the State of the Game podcast. Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna make sure um, that I do at least one State of the Game podcast a week, man. So y'all want to subscribe to that channel, uh, YouTube.com search the State of the Game is also available on Facebook. So we're gonna be doing a weekly show 
because Damien always criticized. I don't want to say he criticized, but Damien always hold me to that. <laughs> but anyway, man, the state of the game is uh, we're gonna have a one, you know, a one show a week talking about some of the hottest topics in the NFL. Also, I uh, want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, thank you all so much for making the show what it is. If this is your first time checking out the state of the Saints, hopefully it won't be your last. Uh, we have a good show here, man. We have several guests that come through the spot. We have interviewed some of the best and brightest in sports, Saints sports national sports uh you can get all your information right here on the state of the saints podcast keep it locked right here in the future special shout out to manscape.com uh, uh cbdx special shout out to them uh previous episodes available on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, anchor fm hope everybody has a good day hope everybody loves somebody show somebody some love calm the hell down relax we gonna be all right we're on to Cincinnati. In this case, we're on to Washington. And I'll keep it locked right here to the State of the Saints podcast for all your information leading up to the week five game. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?